We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring what's love got to do with it. For that matter, what's love anyway? The thing most often mistaken for love is not love at all, but thinly veiled form of control. I love you, therefore you will do this and that. Or, if you really love me, you would fill in the blank, or if you do such and such, then I'll love you for a while till I want something else. Is this love? Seems more like extortion to me. So much of what we mistake for love has nothing to do with love. We think it's something we can manipulate out of others when in truth, it's a frequency we can only know by embodying it. It's also a vital component of life, one we cannot live without. If we need love to live and can only know it by embodiment, then the power of self-love takes on a whole new meaning. With us this hour to explore the concept of love is Amy Lee Mercury. Her motto is, live joy, be kind, love unconditionally. She counsels women and men in the underrated art of self-love to create happier lives. Amy is a best-selling author, media personality, and medical intuitive. She speaks internationally, focusing on kindness, joy, and wellness. Amy's a best-selling author of The Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, A Little Bit of Chakras, Joyful Living, The Chakras and Crystals Cookbook, and The Compassion Revolution, 30 Days to Living from the Heart. Amy's been featured in Glamour Magazine, Women's Health Magazine, Shape, The Huffington Post, Your Tango, Soul and Spirit Magazine, Mind Body Green, and many more. Her website, amyleemercury.com. Amy, thanks so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our time together. If your book titles are any indication, you cover a lot of topics. What's your training? 
Well, great question. Um, I do cover a lot of topics and I'm an avid reader. So I think that's why my books are so diverse. But um, I have a degree in education. I was a teacher by trade. And I also trained with a Native American style medicine woman for many years and also with several medical intuitives. So I'm kind of a curious person. And so I research, I write, and I've also been working with clients as a medical intuitive for over 15 years. So a lot of what I write comes from what I learn my clients are in need of. Nice. So a great deal of your work focuses on love. (laughs) So back to the original question, what is love anyway? It's a great question, too. You know, personally, I think love is at basis an energy that is interwoven through everything that exists. And we have an opportunity to tap into that. And we can experience it in, you know, more spiritual ways. We can experience it in human-based love and find those kind of divine pockets of, of light and of love in humanity. And we can experience it through the brain and body chemicals that we produce while we're living in a human body. So I think it's kind of a complex and yet paradoxically simple concept, feeling, and idea. Why do you think we've gotten to the point of viewing it more as manipulation or something to barter with? You know, to be honest, I think it has a lot to do with the way that we consume media nowadays and the fact that humans are interested in stories that have drama because it mimics certain brain and body chemicals. And so we watch a lot of examples that show us that love, especially a romantic love, should be equated with pain and drama and loss and we're gonna have to pick up with this on the other side it's a very interesting topic so amy and i will return shortly don't go away you're listening to the science of magic our current episodes are aired daily on the exxon broadcast network xzbn.net in service to our listeners prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website thescienceofmagic.net This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, 
and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness, I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is best-selling author Amy Lee Mercury. Her website, amyleemercury.com. Amy, we were talking about, actually, you're moving into the, the chemicals that start to happen when you're, when you're moving love through the body and how we've started to mistake it for drama. We do, and we're sensitized, I think, by the media to crave that and to in some ways equate that with what love is and although on the human level sometimes there is drama with love because we're humans and all the things we just discussed I think the real essence of love is unconditional and so it's just an unconditional energy of love of caring and and compassion which I know we'll be talking about so that's that's the complicated and yet super simple essence of love to me. So how did love and compassion relate? Well, that's a great great question too. And and what compassion is really all about is is empathy and caring. And so it's basically putting yourself in the shoes of another or looking to yourself compassionately like if my best friend or my child or someone I cared about was doing these things to him or herself or was experience these, experiencing these situations, how would I feel and, and how could I be kinder to myself if it's, if it's self-compassion? Mm. You know, compassion is an interesting thing. Um, I think we mistake compassion for this bleeding heart um, pity. And they're really not the same thing at all, are they? Absolutely not. C- compassion is is all about wanting someone to feel empowered because you're empathetic toward them and you care. And you extend warmth, kindness, love, all of this toward someone else or yourself simply because they exist. It's not a conditional love. It's not a conditional caring. It's 
because they're human or they're alive in the case of plants and animals. And our, our heart, I believe, is wired to care. And the reason that we don't care and feel tenderly towards all life is programming we receive from families, the media, and, and really pain where we were in extended compassion. So it's a conscious choice to be empathetic and care about everyone because we're all one. I'm glad you brought up that issue about pain because I've seen a lot of people and, and I've experienced it myself that when people have treated us without compassion, without caring, without kindness, the pain in the heart it becomes almost overwhelming and we tend to shut our hearts down. Um, and then we can't extend compassion, love, and caring. There's a process to move out of that and into an open-hearted place again, and it can be a painful one. Would you mind speaking to that and how to work with it? Absolutely. It's it's all too common in our world, and most of us go through it many times in our lives. But it it really is about a conscious choice, and I do think it comes back to being just relentlessly compassionate with yourself and more and more and more making choices based upon not your achievements, accomplishments, or these things that are about making you feel like you're better than others just to deal with that pain or that feeling of lack on the inside, but instead to choose to view yourself with compassion and and to base your self-worth upon the fact that you exist and you're made out of love or light or whatever you'd like to call it. And if you can bring the focus, I think, back to that and really keep working on that, it can help you to move through that pain. I think meditation is a really useful tool for that too because slowing down the mind and especially then meditating with something in mind, like using a mantra like love or I love myself or, you know, even just Shanti for peace can help clear the mind chatter that comes when we're in pain because our mind is like, well, our personality self anyways, is kind of like, wow, we're in so much pain. We have got to go into overdrive here. This is a red alert. We have to make this stop. How can we stop it? And but how in, much of that is historical? I mean, how much of that fear is based on history rather than exactly what we're experiencing in the moment? Most of it. And, and you know, if you think about from the, the meditation concept, we sort of have an inner witness within watching everything. But then we have our personality self, who's kind of the voice in our head, who's just like probably 95% neurotic all the time. You know, <laughs> we all have those thoughts and they're running through our, our head all the time. You know, oh, did I, oh, did I say the right thing to that person? Oh my gosh. Or, you know, why did, why did my lover spurn me? And just all these things that kind of run through our minds. But if we meditate instead, we can slow that down and then we can get behind it a little bit and feel our inner essence. And, and be that's, more present with it, yeah? Yeah, and that's the yeah. part of us that can bring forth healing for the heart, really. What, do you, what, do you, what can you tell us about what you mean about living a compassionate life? I think a compassionate life is a, it's a tall order, but it can be done. And it's, it's really living a conscious life and not doing everything on autopilot. You know, being tuned in to yourself and others. So when you have a routine encounter with a family member or a friend, there's a part of you that's vigilantly saying, how could I bring more compassion to this encounter? And that would mean thinking, an example would be, what is my husband feeling right now? What might he be experiencing that I'm not aware of that's fueling this situation? And it doesn't necessarily mean doing anything too differently. It means accepting and saying, I really accept and have compassion and empathy for what's going on with this other person and myself. 
And I'm glad, I'm glad you're talking about acceptance. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to talk about a little bit about detached compassion. How can we be compassionate and at the same time trust another person's path? That's a great question, too. Um, you know, we have to respect people's choices. And there's a, there's a, I think he was a, well, anyways, there's a writer named Gurdjieff. My husband's very fond of him. And he, he talks about not waking sleeping people. And so sometimes when we see somebody in our lives making a choice that we think is going to harm them, we want to shake them and say, hey, I care about you and I don't want you to do this thing. But it's not always our place. So instead, we can see the situation and choose to love the whole person. And I think that acceptance can be really freeing if someone allows themselves to feel even a little bit of it. It it seems like we're afraid to experience the pain of watching someone we love hurt themselves. Right, because we are compassionate. We're empathetic and we... To some degree, because we care, we're going to feel what we know they're about to feel. And we don't want them or us to go through it. But perhaps, you know, it's it's a path they're choosing for a reason we may never understand. Exactly. It's such a juggling act, isn't it, to be present for a person at the same time, give them their space and let them make their decisions and live their life. It really is a juggling act. and, And I suppose that's... The, the process of being a human, you know? <laughs> Do you think love and compassion are something we generate or a frequency we channel through us that's already present? I think they're both. I think that everything is infinite. And so we can channel it through us from infinity or we can generate it through conscious effort. So I actually, th- I, I'm... I have a very paradoxical view of the universe in general, but um, I actually think that they're both and really they're infinite and part of an endless, an endless vibrational reality is how I think of it. We have about three minutes left here and I'm going to open up a big topic. What do you think the physical heart has to do with the generation of love? That's a great idea too. Um, the, the physical heart, you know, it's there within the heart chakra, which we know is associated with things like compassion, caring, love, sensitivity, empathy. And I think it's when we have an energy center, a chakra is an energy center right there in the center of the chest that opens and closes. Hopefully it's open based upon how much love or lack of love we feel the fact that the physical heart is right in there on the left side, which is traditionally the feminine side, means that it's, it's bathed in the love or the lack of love that we're feeling on an energetic level. So I do believe they influence one another. And to strengthen the physical heart, the essence of love and the clear energy of unconditional love could be useful on a frequency level. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, about how much our heart disease, and we have, it's a huge thing in our culture, has to do with our hearts being shut down. That's it. That's it right there. And it's it's feeling, seeing, witnessing lack of love in the world around us and within ourselves and not knowing what to do. And there's a really beautiful book called The Untethered Soul that's all about never closing your heart. Like even if you experience pain or you witness something that you feel empathy and feel pain about, what if you keep your heart open? What if you just never close your heart? Hmm. Yeah. It'd be kind of like Kuan Yin, she who cries for the pain of the world. Right, but yeah. but keeps this heart open. I mean, that's the essence of compassion. And it's a this is a poignant world, you know? I mean, it's duality. And it seems as though we're here to experience it in its fullness. You know, my, my original shamanic teacher taught me that 
um, the energy that I channel through to do physical healing on people or spiritual healing is simply love. It's, it's all it is. Yes, me too. I mean, that's as a medical intuitive, I see love as the same thing as quote unquote neutral white light energy as electricity. It's all just part of an infinite interconnected lattice of energy. And there's masculine feminine aspect to love. They need to be in balance, don't they? In this dimension, absolutely. You know, in duality, which is dual, then that's why we have this masculine, feminine, good and evil, left and right, all this stuff, because that's where our physical bodies and our spirit residing within it is currently incarnated. I do personally think everything exists, and so there's infinite possibilities beyond Absolutely. Um, We're going to have to take another break. Amy and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? 
Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our special guest this hour is best-selling author Amy Lee Mercury. Her website, amyleemercury.com. Amy, there's an interesting phenomenon I'd like to discuss here, and it's about if we can't love ourselves, then how can we channel love? It's, it's diametrically opposed, isn't it? I think there's gradations to that question, but I do absolutely think the more we're able to love ourselves, it's sort of like filling up a cup and then the cup can overflow with with love. So the more we love ourselves, the more love we can share with those around us. You know, I think there's also a big mistake between narcissism, (laughs) self-centeredness, and love. They're not the same thing, but they pass for the same thing sometimes. Absolutely. And I think loving yourself is really accepting who you are and not basing your self-concept upon your accomplishments or all of the various status and kind of, you know, uh, ego is a word that people toss around a lot, but ego-related things that were shown make us worthy in this world, but instead basing your self-worth upon something deeper. Don't you think that a lot of our um, goal-oriented or achievement-oriented self-esteem is a result of being taught that we're not good enough through guilt and shame control? It absolutely is. And we hear that in all these different ways from probably people in our lives and the media. And I think it all comes back to fear and lack. And until people aren't experiencing lack, There'll always be a race to get more. And and for many, more is never enough. And so then they, they need more than more than before. Well, isn't that because we feel empty because we're not channeling love? I think so, because we're basing our self-concept on something external when it's all about what's within us. And it is love, essentially. You know, I have this exercise I, I have my students do so that they can clear their intent, and it's called the why-why exercise. Well, what do you want? What do you want to create? Uh, I want to win the lottery. Why? Well, because I want a lot of money. Why? Because I want to buy nice things. Why? So if people think night well of me. Why? Well, so they'll love me. And it seems so often that kind of a questioning ends up back in they just want to be loved, and they're creating solutions based on not feeling worthy of receiving that love. How do we get out of that loophole? I think we have to make that really conscious choice to look at not only why we might make those choices, like all the good feedback we get from people around us and why we might crave that, but instead flip flip that and choose to look within. And again, I think meditation in some form is a really powerful way to do that. And, and I think when it's heart centered meditation, that's where we really get deep benefit Mm. to, to feel that there is an unlimited wellspring of love within us. And all we need to do is tap into it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. If you think about it being the, the energy that binds all things, it takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Absolutely. And the fact that it's woven through and all around us at all times, in, even in situations of lack or experiences where we have fearful thoughts, even then, it's still there. 
What does health and self-love have to do with each other? Another great point. I think the more that we're able to love ourselves, the more likely that we have the energetic foundation to be healthy. And there are so many factors in health from genetics and epigenetics, how we turn our genes off and on, um, and toxins in the world and how we deal with those. I mean, there's just so much, but but with a really solid foundation of self-love and being tapped into that endless wellspring of love within us, then we're creating a vibrational basis for health within our body. It's, it's amazing. Um, I know when we're working with creating sacred space or anything like that, it's love-based. You have to love the things and the people around you to have a higher frequency to live in. And the same thing applies to the physical body, right? If you're criticizing yourself or not loving yourself, then that's a lower frequency and the body starts to languish. Yes? Absolutely. And the other thing I, I teach my medical intuitive clients is that joy is the highest vibration in the universe. And it's, it's in relation to love. Absolutely. But when you say the word joy over and over, when you focus on the feeling of joy, you feel a feeling of upliftment because you're raising your vibration. So using joy combined with self-love is a really powerful way to raise your vibration and, again, create an energetic foundation for health. What do you think is the main thing standing between a person and their love and joy and compassion? I think the inner critic is a big, big obstacle, and it's not a bad thing. That same inner critic, that voice in our head is the part of us that helps us make lists and put structure in our lives and get things done, but it needs to be in the proper place. And we have to also really be tapped into the greater spiritual part of us, sort of the inner witness that can sit back and see the love, the joy, the energy woven through everything and be a part of that. Would you mind speaking to how the inner critic um, can then be projected outward onto other people? making us critical of others? Absolutely. I think that's one of the big things that creates problems in relationships, whether they're, you know, love relationships or family or friend relationships, is projecting our fears, our sense of lack, our lack of compassion for ourselves onto people in our lives. And I think typically when somebody's pushing our buttons, it's because they're holding up a gigantic mirror in our yeah. face. Boy, isn't that the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what, what are your top three strategies for living a joyful life? Also a great question. The first thing is to focus on joy every day. So great way to do it is using affirmations stating, I am joy every day, many times, make it a mantra. Second thing is make sure you do something physically active that's joyful to you. So it might be dancing around. For some people, it might be swaying and listening to a song they like. For some people, it might be playing soccer. Something where you get your body and the somatic aspects of movement involved in your joy. And then the third thing is to try to approach a difficult situation and see the joy within it. So whatever the most challenging part of your day is, even if it's just, oh, gosh, I have to get through this mountain of paperwork, where, where could you find joy within that? Perhaps it's the way the paperwork will have helped or the feeling of accomplishment that you'll experience. But affirmations, physical joyful activity, and finding the joy in difficult moments. So one of the things that I've noticed is that when you start working with affirmations, it's all well and good, but they're, uh, they tend to then put focus on what's blocking you from the very thing you're affirming. Have you found that, and how do you work through that? I haven't necessarily found that, but I think that affirmations work best when you put some conscious effort into them. And I am taking a class with a wonderful author named Shelley Campbell, And she actually turned me on to saying the affirmations in the mirror. And I think that is one of the most powerful tools I've yet to find. Um, Because 
you need to almost put a smile on your face when you're saying a positive affirmation because you're looking at your own face in the mirror. The other thing I'm a really big proponent of is posting positive written words in your environment. So putting affirmations on your bathroom mirror so you read them every time you brush your teeth. Even if you're not saying them, you're reading them. You're getting those frequencies woven within. I think any blocks, anything people feel are are blocks, I personally think they, although they exist in duality in some way, they're an illusion. So if you can shift your focus and instead bring that focus to the feeling that you're going for with the affirmation, you have an opportunity to effortlessly dissolve any blocks. And it's not always easy. So I'm just prefacing that it's not an achievement thing. It's an opportunity. So you're saying that um, instead of trying to empty the glass of the dark liquid, you pour clear liquid in until the whole thing clears. Exactly. Because the darker liquid's going to just eventually fall out because there's no more room for it. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, so how can, um, the, the one thing I'd really like to take up with is you've done a lot of work with the chakra systems. And, and where, where did you get the training in, in chakras? Just... 16 years as a medical intuitive working within the energy of people's bodies. Um, some of it too in my medicine training, but I'm, I'm largely self-studied and mostly my training comes from my super helpful high vibrational guides that I work with and have for over 20 years. Um, so the chakra system, even in my books, I kind of, go to some degree of the, the Western model. But the thing that's amazing about chakras is in any human at any given time, they could be any color, any shape, anything going on with them. They're just completely mutable, amazing rivers of light that pool in certain areas and they're endlessly dynamic. So we move love into the world through our chakra system, I would expect. What's the mechanism behind that? You know, I think our heart chakra provides a, an area for focus of moving love into the world. But really, our chakra system is just the beginning because our energy body is, you know, woven through our physicality and then we have multi layers out around us. At some point, there's a, a layer, sort of an edge. But the edge, it needs to be defined so we don't just absorb everything all the time. So we need an end to our energy body, an egg, an auric egg, people often call it. But I, I, when I see it, the reality is we all extend endlessly beyond that. So the chakra system is just like the beginning structure to understand the endless interaction of our energy with the energy of the universe. So isn't be, because our chakras are anchored in endocrine glands, isn't mm-hmm. it really kind of like the, the, the um, link between spirit and the mundane? In other words, that the, the spiritual light is anchored into our physical body and then interacts there through the endocrine glands? Exactly. That's exactly it. And, and these pools of energy within that are fed by these moving dynamic rivers of energy these pools being the chakras, people say wheels, pools, whatever you want to think of them as, swirls, vortexes, these are larger than in other areas. We're going to have to pick up on our beautiful rivers of light on the other side of another break. Perfect. Amy and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive topic-driven episodes at thescienceofmagic.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. 
almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. You're probably not the only one interested. Our guest this hour is one of those special gifted people of uh, service to the world, author Amy Lee 
Mercury. Her website, Amy Lee Mercury, Mercury.com. Amy, we were talking about rivers of light, chakras, and how they interface with uh, channeling love and joy into the world. Absolutely. So the amazing part about chakras, these pools or vortexes of light, is they are larger scale sized portals where we can bring in more energy in greater volume more easily. So that's why the heart chakra, for example, is a, is a great spot for us to bring that love through us and into the world and into our physical body. There's a masculine-feminine balance in the heart. Um, at least that's the way I've always been taught by my different shamanic teachers. Um, and there's a way to think through the heart as well. Do you have any uh, information on that? Absolutely. I think it's it's really about being present in the center of your heart and taking your consciousness, your attention of kind of the I'm here and bringing it down into the center of the heart. So it's in that balanced masculine feminine place, but also rooted in the love of the heart. And then to think from there is to be present in your heart while you're speaking, while you're thinking, while you're living. It's living a heart-centered life. And how does that differ from the mind-centered that we see so common today? I think the, when we're up in our mind, we're, we're more mental. We're thinking and we're less empathic. We're less compassionate. We're not feeling and, and taking into account that love is really the only reality if we can tap into that. And it provides endless comfort and um, sustenance for us. I worked in um, search and rescue, and there were times when I had to try to balance coming from my mind and coming from my heart so that I could soothe the person that I'm working with and at the same time not be overwhelmed by their situation. Can you speak to that balance? Absolutely, and that's such a great example. I mean, the mind is is such a useful tool, and we need it. We need it to get through life. And as an empath, sometimes I have to be more in my mind consciously because it can be hard to go out and feel, you know, there's a difference between overemphasizing and being overly sensitive and feeling what everybody's feeling and then being centered in the heart and being compassionate for those we see but not too affected. And I think that's kind of the trick. So I'm sure that you experienced that a lot in search and rescue. Yeah, and I I experienced a lot in my practice. I'll bet you do too. Absolutely. And just in daily life, I experience it too. Right, exactly, exactly. Because right now, the world is not user-friendly for someone with an open, compassionate, empathetic nature. And at the same time, we don't want to shut down. Can you give us some tips on that? Absolutely. I agree too. It isn't user friendly for for those of us who are empaths, but I do think that compassion and empathy and caring and kindness are the key to creating a better world and they're sorely needed in this world. And so we need to think of ourselves as uh, almost warriors or warriesses of the heart where we will provide examples of living from the heart. So ways to do that include, um, I think a technological fast is just paramount. You need more than one day per week where you stay off of screens as much as possible and you fast on news because there's so much going on in the world and it can be really depressing, especially for an empath or somebody who's compassionate. And you have to turn that off because you need time to recharge on the inside and just focus on your own internal energy and ideally on love, on joy, on compassion. You know, that's that's interesting that you say that because it seems like, you know, a lot of the hype and hysteria and, and coarseness in the news and this and that, it's almost like it's designed for a person to get overwhelmed, shut down their heart, and then they can be manipulated into doing things they wouldn't otherwise. That's exactly what it is, you know, and it's, It's designed to foster fear and lack because fear and lack drive the consumer machine. You know, if you didn't care about status because you felt more internally 
secure, then you wouldn't buy so much, you know, and that's what advertising to a certain degree is doing is trying to get you to buy and beyond that on a global scale or even a national scale, people who are in fear and lack are running on adrenaline and they're not taking time for higher pursuits including educating themselves and critical thinking skills and making conscious decisions. And so then it goes full circle. They're out there trying to fill the empty hole because their hearts aren't open to receive love and they're trying to buy it. They are. And then they're distracted often from what's really going on behind the scenes. Yeah. What, what's the compassion revolution? The compassion revolution is my love letter to the world. It's, my love letter to all of my clients and all the people I see, it speaks to what we were just talking about. And it basically is a book that says, what if you loved yourself unconditionally, extended compassion to yourself unconditionally, and then you made a conscious choice to do that with the world in a healthy way? What, how would your life change in 30 days if you did that for 30 days? I, I would hazard to guess quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, go ahead. It's little daily actions that, that change your life. Mm. You know, how, how do the chakras relate to the idea of compassion and kindness? The chakras are so perfectly suited to be a part of this compassion revolution. You know, we've been talking about the heart chakra where we bring in love and compassion but also if we really power up our chakras and make sure our energy system is healthy and happy, we have more love and compassion to share. Do you feel that we're moving into a higher frequency time and our chakras are becoming more activated? I think we're trying. And I feel that at this time the earth is going through a especially tumultuous adolescence, but eventually we'll grow into responsible, productive, galactic citizens. Mm, that's a beautiful thought. I like that. Mm-hmm. I understand there's something that we can do with our diet that can also support our chakra system. Absolutely. You can feed your heart chakra with fruits and vegetables that are aligned to that frequency. Um, green grapes are really great for that. Uh, Kiwi is really great different things that you would put in a green juice. And so when you consume a live fruit or vegetable, whether it's in a smoothie or just eating it, or even the juice, which just removes the fiber but keeps the living enzymes, then you are feeding the chakra a frequency. And, and mm. are, are you, um, do you pr- uh, promote people juicing fresh and then drinking right away? Yes. Yeah. If you can, that's ideal. It, but if that's too much, I'd rather you go buy an organic cold-pressed juice and drink it than not drink anything. Because we're all busy, and sometimes we don't have time to clean a juicer every day. <laughs> yeah, it can be a mess. So um, how much does the light that the plant takes in have to do with this? I think it has a lot to do with it. And, it's, and it really has to do with the vibrational essence of the plant. And every plant is different. So you're just going to get to really take in these different high vibrational essences. And plants have a subtler vibration, which is more aligned with compassion, empathy, and the the subtle things in the world, creativity and the appreciation of beauty. So that's a great way to bring that in. My book, The Chakras and Crystals Cookbook, has um, Tons and tons of recipes to feed your chakras, including salads as well, so and herbal infusions, so all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, we're about to run out of time here, but I, would you please speak to how important it is to love and be grateful for our food as and before we eat it? Absolutely. If Every time we eat something, if we just say, thank you for giving your life so I may live, I love you, and we put it in, you'll feel the vibrational difference. It makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. Got half a minute here. What's the single most important thing an individual can do to open to love, joy, and compassion, Amy? I think it's to raise your vibration using the power of joy every day. Say the words, I am joy, to yourself at least three times every day. I am joy. And writing it and posting it around. and Perfect. <laughs> how, mu- how important is humor in this process? 
well, it's joyful. So it's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got to maintain our sense of humor. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so what's next for you, Amy? Um, well, I've got a few more book deals on the horizon, some fun events. I also have a marketing company, so I'm always doing all kinds of inspiring design. I do uplifting marketing. Um, my company is Allegria Marketing. So it's basically Allegria means joy. So obviously, you know, I'm all about joy. So I'm just designing cool initiatives for women in wellness. And Thank you having so fun. much. Thank you so much for being joy to the world. (laughs) And we'll talk to you later, dear friend. Thank you so very much. Our guest this hour has been best-selling author, media personality, and medical intuitive, Amy Lee Mercy. Her website, amyleemercury.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the first to receive our thought-provoking, topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embody love. <laughs>